Welcome back to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am your host, Andy, joined by my co-hosts, Zach and Nate, here to discuss Nebraska's final victory over the Purdue, or the, I guess the Perdont fighting Purdue Peets. Nebraska came out of Saturday's cold, chilly Big Ten West game with a 31-14 victory, and a victory that was about as Big Ten West ugly of a Nebraska football game that they could have played. And yet this team keeps finding ways to make mistakes and shoot itself in the foot and come back and still win football games, despite everything that they probably obviously shouldn't be doing. But at the same time, like I know we have talked about all year is if Tony White doesn't get a $5 million bonus at the end of the season, (laughs) Uh, something, something in the budget needs to be worked out for that because, and I know we'll talk about it more in depth. Nebraska is not where they are right now, winning this game, being one game away from a bowl, being in contention for the big 10 West without Tony white and this personnel, what he's been able to do with this defense this entire year. And Saturday just proved that yet again, that whatever Nebraska is doing on defense, what they're doing, what they're scheming is it's just going beyond of what anybody expected coming into the season. And I mean, it's, it's baffling to say that because I know like we are all thinking, you know, a five, six win season just on the schedule alone, when kind of in reality is like, we had no idea if Nebraska would even get to that because the way that the first two games started off this year, it's like, you know, you're looking at maybe another three win season and here they are four games left in a November that we haven't really had to be excited about in terms of football since 2016. It's like Nebraska is now playing for something that is actually meaningful going into the latter half of their schedule. And, you know, last week I was thinking to myself like, Oh, you know, they have two games or they have five games to win two games to get to the bowl. And now it's like, you have one, one chance and four attempts to now get to a bowl game. And, You know, obviously that is not where Matt Rule wants the bar to be. That's not where he wants the program to be thinking every year. It's just a bowl game at a minimum. But when Nebraska hasn't been there as a program since 2016, I mean, just any sort of resilience of excellence like that, it's just like, it's just something that fans and myself and I know us too are just so ecstatic to talk about. And the fact that they're on the verge and they have a chance to do it this weekend against a Michigan State team that, Obviously, has gone through a lot of turmoil, but they have not looked good in any of their games at all. I mean, and we'll talk about more of that in depth, but there's just there's a lot of momentum and upward trajectory for this program, despite how awful the offense looks. But you counteract that with how great this defense has played. And, you know, we have a lot more to talk about special teams this week, both good and bad. But at the same time, I mean, Nebraska is finally in a position to where we can finally start to have some excitement building around this program and what Matt Rule is coming in and preaching and what he wants to do. And it's still this game. We're finally now starting to see that and just change in general. I mean, you. It's just it's so it's just it's refreshing to see that, like, there is actual change that's unfolding in front of our eyes now of what Matt rule has come in and promised and said that he would do. And we're actually seeing it unfold right before us and be implemented where, you know, I don't, I hate going back to what previous coaching staffs and what Scott had preached, but I mean, Scott had talked about all this too, and we saw nothing. And Matt rule is eight games into the season. And all of a sudden is 
you know, we're seeing everything just be right out there in front for this team to take and to finally do something that Nebraska hasn't done for quite some time. Now, again, we'll talk more about how much does Nebraska really want to big win the Big Ten West. I think it's just fun to say that there's a possibility and a chance, but do they really want to win the Big Ten West at the same time? So with that, I think the tale of this game was there was the first three quarters of Nebraska momentum, and then there was a lot of the fourth quarter that we have to unpack and unravel that absolutely went sideways on the coaching staff, the players, and everything. And for a very brief moment in the back of my head, I was thinking there's like 10 minutes left and Purdue has already scored insanely quick and off of stupid mistakes. Like there's a very real chance that it could happen again. And all of a sudden you're looking at a 24 to 21 game with five or so minutes left in Nebraska, you know, wasn't really moving the ball that well. They had that one drive that took a quarter, pretty much eight minutes that they marched down the field and scored on the one yard uh, touchdown to Fedoni. Outside of that, I mean, you just had the big play and the offense was just kind of doing what it usually does uh, with that. But, you know, again, what I've said before is Nebraska finally is starting to show just some resilience and some program changing development that we're seeing right before our eyes. And, it's just it's nice to go into a month of football now where we're not already looking ahead to next season. We're not looking ahead to, oh, let's just get to the end of the season. Let's get, you know, the transfer portal guys recruits just to get everybody in here. It's like you're actually looking at this roster now and thinking, all right, who is going to go out next game? Who is going to make us those plays to get us this win and get us uh, to win this game? So with that, Nate, your thoughts on uh sending purdue pete back home with a bag over his head <laughs> back to hell for once he came um no it's it's an exciting time to be the oscar fan which is something i don't know that i have personally felt in a very long time like you said we're playing for something meaningful uh, going into november and going towards the end of the season and whether that's just a bowl game or whether that maybe is a big time west title like Either way, like we're we have a reason to keep playing football and keep, you know, seeing a team that's going out and competing and not looking forward to next year. And so that's as a fan, that's that's awesome to see. It feels like this team as a whole is just going in the right direction on the right trajectory at the very least. And that's that's exciting. That that said, a lot of things to clean up, especially on that offensive side, but um, I think we've said this a couple times that we we don't apologize for wins, and we especially don't apologize for wins when they come against the big uh, other Big Ten opponents, and we triply uh, don't apologize for wins when they come against Big Ten West opponents. So uh, Nebraska keeps putting themselves in position to win games, whether they, um, I don't know, <laughs> no matter how much the uh, offense might want to lose that game for them, they keep finding ways to get victory from the jaws of defeat there. And it's, uh, I don't know. They're, they're doing everything right. Matt rules, uh, really, really coaching the guys up. It's especially on offense. It's been next man up and we've seen guys step up. Like it, it hasn't been, you know, blowing teams out. It's not 
you know, Malachi going for 200 yards on 12 catches or anything like that, but they're stepping up at times when they need to be there and they're just doing their job and playing well. And so I don't think that happens under previous regimes. And it's encouraging to see that the coaching staff is really taking to heart uh, that they want to turn things around and want to put in the work to uh, get this team where it needs to be. So that's kind of my thoughts, uh, quick and dirty there, on what I saw from Nebraska and Purdue. I'll pass it over to Zach on uh, his early early thoughts here. We we keep saying it, and Nebraska keeps proving us uh, at least correct in this regard, is that an ugly win is still a win, and that's 100% what this was. Um, however... Uh, you look at the score and I, I don't know, at least for me, uh, I look at that score and just think, huh, I bet the stats look really good for that game. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, I mean, they, they look nice to us because they're, you know, we won. So I get hindsight being 2020 that helps, but, uh, something that I was actually thinking about just in regards to our podcast, not even so much just the team itself, but it kind of ties together is, we started this because two years ago, Nebraska was all about, you know, finding ways that they could start the first three quarters and be like, Oh, they're going to win this game and then find a way to lose it in the fourth quarter. And that's, you know, where the name comes from, where it's like, Oh, you know, if it can happen, Nebraska will find a way to do it. It's a Nebraska ability. And apparently Matt rule took that to heart too. Cause he's like, <laughs> we're changing that. We aren't doing that anymore. Um, so, I mean, if he keeps on this trajectory, like we're just gonna have to change his name entirely because it won't make sense anymore. But that's that's you know neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, ugly game, a win. Um, and I think, uh, as Andy said, I think as you both said, now that I think back, uh, we're finally playing for something meaningful, which is a bowl game. Um, and this weekend is by far. Uh, I'm not going to say it's our best chance, but I would say it probably is one of the best chances we have to do it. I mean, if we go out and play uh, a really good game against the Sparties, uh, I we could be going bowling as of Saturday, um, which is incredible to think about because it's been a long time since we've been to a bowl game. So it's just really exciting, and I think I think the buzz around Husker Nation for as bad as we've looked in certain cases, defense aside, defenses looked really good, but as bad as our offenses looked, uh, the fact that we're sitting at five and three, which also I still have the five and seven prediction for the season. Um, and I will put my hand up now and say, I will be so happy if I'm wrong on that, because <laughs> if we can, if we get to go to a bowl game, uh, I, I know us alongside probably the rest of Husker nation is going to be, absolutely pumped uh so yeah it's really exciting to go into november with uh something meaningful uh to look forward to in our football team and again i think it speaks to i think this game is another testament to just what matt rule i think preaches to the team and uh you know that resiliency that the team seems to have which is you know we might make four fumbles or we might you know have four fumbles on the game but go out and play the game, you know, one snap at a time. And, you know, maybe they didn't win the fourth quarter like Matt Rule always wants to see, you know, wants us to do, but we still won the game. Uh, yes, lots to clean up, obviously, but 
I mean, we're five and three. Who who honestly <laughs> would have thought at this point? You know, granted, maybe as the maybe as the off season kind of went on and the beginning of the year started, it's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe now we have a chance. But like you guys said, you know, the first couple games, you're sitting there looking at it like, oh, here we go again. It's another another long Husker season, and now we're sitting here thinking there might be something here. Let's see what we got. So uh, with that, let's talk about the uh, crap show of, of the, the game. How shall we? <laughs> um, I I will say that I don't think Purdue needed uh, Connor Stallions to kind of steal our signs of how to, how to stop our offense. I think the good old adage of just let Nebraska make mistakes and then we'll capitalize off them would work. And that could have been true very early on in that game, if not for Tony White and the amazing defense to push Purdue back out of so many of those short field situations to make them punt or lead to a blocked field goal or turnover on downs type thing. Uh, that could have gone sideways very quick, very early. Uh, you know, Nebraska comes out first play of, I mean, it was the kickoff this time. Wasn't even the first play of the game. It was the kickoff that Nebraska fumbles and, you know, your offense is ready to go out there, and all of a sudden you tell them to go back, sit down, because, oh, sorry, it's a fumble. But, uh, yeah, with the offense, I mean, Nebraska's stuck to what they did is ran the ball 48 times. <laughs> amazing, amazing stat. Uh, obviously, Heinrich was the leading rusher and still probably will continue to be the leading rusher the rest of the season, despite how much. I don't want that because I know in Nebraska it's going to happen and he's going to get hurt, but he took a few good pops that game and he's still stuck in. It's still uh, hung around, but you know, Nebraska rushes for 155 yards, you know, Heinrich only threw six of 11 for 122. One of those being the uh, Jalen Lloyd, 73 fullback belly play action, wide open touchdown. I mean, could not have been more open. And I was at the game with Chris uh, in the stands. And I mean, that was coming towards our end zone. And I mean, everybody in our end zone, the minute he would started streaking downfield, everybody got up, was like cheering, like, you know, he's open, he's open. And then the only thing that had to have happened was Heinrich just to make that pass. There was nothing else that needed to happen. You had the wide open guy, you had everybody, no one, no one near 15 yards of him. All that came down to was can Heinrich make this throw? Put it on the dime. Jalen Lloyd gets his first career touchdown as a Nebraska Cornhusker. And like I think Zach had mentioned is another testament to guy like next man up or might have been you, Nate, that said that. But uh, just our younger guys needing to step up and make those plays. And saw another one this week. It was Malachi last week, Jalen Lloyd this week. And, you know, some of the offensive contribution can be, I mean, you can attest that to playing three backup linemen at the same time this week. Um, still guys that had not started, you know, that needed to step up. And again, it's, it's tough to play backups when you're in the middle of the big 10 gauntlet schedule where, you know, again, Purdue is not the best team record wise, but I mean, they're still an experienced big 10 line at the same time. And I mean, I, you know, they, they had their way with our line this way. I think their edge rushers are probably better than what I expected them to be. I knew they were good, but I think they were a little bit better that game than I expected them to be. Um, you know, the Nebraska only averaged about three yards a carry. So it's not like, you know, we blew them out of the water rushing the ball. I mean, they, you know, we just, 
were not as effective running the ball and, you know, Nebraska needed to make the big plays when they did. And they did, um, like I had mentioned, you know, that solid seven, eight minute drive where they started, I think they started at like their own 15 or 20 yard line. And we drove down the field that time, scored a one yard touchdown. Um, one of their better drives they've had this season of maintaining possessions. And even, you know, what impressed me that drive was there was a couple third and six, third and eight, you know, yardage advantage there for Purdue that Nebraska converts that I really didn't have a whole lot of confidence in them converting those plays just because, you know, you're obviously in a passing situation. We are, we aren't really a passing team is who's Heinrich going to go to. Is he going to be able to scramble, get out of the pocket Is you know, one of our receivers needing to step up, going to make a play. And there were some really good plays there that were made on that drive to, you know, end with a touchdown. So going forward, uh, yeah, I think it, uh, hand up. I think it is very evident that I need to let the Jeff Sims experience bit die. Um, there, it was, a, it was a long time coming. Though, it, it was <laughs> a long time coming. In my defense, in my defense, um, going 20, going up 24 to nothing in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. I think everybody else would agree with me is you need to bench Heinrich to keep him safe and protect him because you still have four more games after this where he's going to be your starter and you kind of need him to be healthy. And, you know, five plays later, Jeff Sims fumbles the ball on a fourth and one out of the shotgun, which, again, I don't know why we're going shotgun on a fourth and one. Never never a smart play, but, you know, especially with three backup linemen who, again, up until that point have really never played a full Big Ten game and you're telling him, hey, Go try to make room against Purdue who's going to stack the box and try to get a first down with a guy that fumbles the ball a lot. So could be a sadder field question, but I think at the end of the day, um, Jeff Sims ain't the guy anymore. And I think if we have to bring in another backup quarterback, I think we're going to see Chubba now more often. Uh, I think you finally know that you can't trust Sims being out there managing a game anymore. Um there's obviously now, even if it was five plays that he played that game, there was obviously enough evidence to say that he ain't it, Chief. He's just, he ain't it anymore. <laughs> so, like I talked about, uh, the first three quarters of that game, really, really good. Uh, you know, Nebraska needed to do what they did, and they got the points on offense. They moved the ball when they needed to. And then you get to the fourth quarter where Heinrich fumbles the ball after getting popped on a play right before that where he didn't see the blitzing defensive end and just absolutely got laid out, you know, good hit. It was a good football hit. I'll give Purdue that. Um, as we found out later, the reason why Jeff Sims came in was because on that hit, Heinrich did kind of cut his lip uh, from that hit underneath the chin. Um, so that's why we, that's why we did get the Jeff Sims experience over the, we should rest Heinrich and protect him. And they probably realized that after that hit happened, but I think it was the next player of the play after that Heinrich fumbles the ball and then Purdue is finally able to score on that next drive. And and then the Jeff Sims fumble happened and then Purdue scores. And then all of a sudden you're it's 24 to 14 and you're thinking, how is Nebraska going to finally blow this after having a pretty much four score game in their bag right now? So thankfully, uh, Nebraska and Emmett Johnson finally got you know, what a, a running play to pop open and break open and kind of put the dagger in the game with about four minutes left. But 
I think a lot of that fourth quarter is on rule and Satterfield and that coaching disaster that happened. Um, a lot of things could have been coached better, should have been coached better. And I think for a coaching staff that preaches that they want to win the fourth quarter, that was not really the way to do it at all. But outside of that, I mean, the offense is what the offense is going forward. I think we're going to have to rely on Heinrich running 13, 14 plus times a game, a mix with whichever running back is hot, which I think right now is going to be Emmett Johnson. Um, you know, unless Grant gets in the game and starts popping more big runs, I think the coaching staff is really high on Johnson and him going forward. And, you know, on that touchdown run, I mean, he made a few nice moves. You know, he had a great hole to go through, but um, I think he's starting to prove why he was, I think he was like miss like all state Minnesota top running back or whatever uh, that title is in high school uh, for Minnesota. So I think the coaching staff is really high on him and, you know, hopes that just more of this experience will get him uh, that he'll turn into the back that they think he is. And outside of that, I don't, I don't know how much more you can get. I think Satterfield is doing a better job at trying to mix in the option and play action pass option and that because it is clearly working um you know the two touchdowns that we scored the past two weeks off that were you know a fake fullback read option where heinrich then drops back and the wide receivers wide open you can only run that so many times before defenses start to pick up on it but you know i think if you keep mixing in that look and you keep you keep relying on the defense to bite on Heinrich keeping the ball. You know, he pitched a lot more this game, which I think Purdue did pick up on that is okay. Heinrich loves to keep the ball. Just go immediately for the quarterback, let the running backs try to make a play. And, you know, I think if that keeps happening, I mean, hopefully the running back holes keep opening up and, you know, Josh Fleeks had a good couple of runs too. I mean, he's very quick. Um, it's proven to be that he has a speed, threat when you can get on the ball is you know what position do you play him at uh, obviously right now he's running back because our wide receiver room and running back room are both thin but you know he's got it he's a guy that can prove that he can get you know, like when he has space he's got the speed to hurt you in space so i think right now we just kind of have to accept the offense is what it is it's going to be uh, an offense that runs through heinrich and as long as we keep him healthy i think nebraska is going to be around that 20 25 24 point range of what they're going to put up in terms of an offensive group and hopefully like we saw this week is if you can rely on your defense or your special teams to maybe get you some of those extra points you know you can start to pull away from a lot of these teams but until then i think that's kind of what we have to set the expectation for the offense and don't expect them to keep throwing the ball 20 at least i mean yeah, he only threw it 11 times. So that might be the reason going forward is expect them to run a lot of that and hopefully hit some big plays with some play actions. But I don't think you're going to see Heinrich a lot more kind of being a pocket passer going the rest of for, uh, going forward the rest of the season. But my two cents on the offense, uh, I know it kind of covered more, not about the game, just more about my thoughts about the offense, but kind of encapsulates all of it. So Nate, go to your thoughts there. Yeah, it's uh, it's not an efficient offense, but it gets the job done at the end of the day. And um, I don't know it. 
I'm torn because it's encouraging. I see incremental change and I see them getting overall better as a group. Like things are gelling and like it, the offense is making sense as a whole. But you just got to clean up the mistakes. I mean, four fumbles is not great. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't have any interceptions, but I mean, that could be a product of only throwing the ball 11 times. So, um, so you can't do it if you don't throw the ball. <laughs> so, uh, that, but I mean, you take away the fumbles. And I mean, I get it, it was a cold day and things happened. They were certainly, I mean, Credit to Purdue's defense, they were going to like punch out the ball. They were making a concerted effort to do that, and it was it was successful clearly against us on more than one occasion. So, um, yeah, it. I think <laughs> I'm hoping that by the end of the season, we'll put together a full performance without the mistakes, and it's going to be a beautiful sight to see. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Um, we'll we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But like they they have the potential. It's there. You can see things are clicking, and when they click, it looks really good. You have like the belly option is apparently unstoppable right now. <laughs> when you get a play like that, you 73 yard touchdown. You get a nice Emmett Johnson run. You get Heinrich even breaking off on the option. It it looks great, and then they follow it up with just something incredibly dumb and. <laughs> That's <laughs> just needs to be cleaned up. And um, I'm sure the coaching staff is on it and I'm sure they're trying to do as much as they can. But I mean, at some point it comes down to the guys playing the game that we've had fumbling issues all season and you can only as a coach say, Hey, don't fumble so many times. Uh, I don't know how else you drill that into your head besides uh, just outright benching them, which I don't know that we, necessarily have the luxury of doing uh at this point uh, with uh kind of the setup we have on our team so uh kind of a difficult difficult situation there but i i see it coming together it like i said it's incremental it's it's slow it's not going to be this night and day jump but i see it i see it working i see the direction they're going again heinrich not the best overall quarterback but he still is putting us in position to win games and clean up the fumbles. We're talking a lot different. Like <laughs> if he doesn't have those two fumbles, we probably put a couple more scores on the board, at least one more score I'd say. Um, and we're, we're having a different conversation about, eh, I don't know if this offense is ready for anything yet. And I don't know. It, I, <laughs> You already alluded to it, Andy, and you already you already said your piece on it. But I think the Jeff Sims experience is uh, <laughs> gone to the wayside. R.I.P. to the uh, Jeff Sims amigos deal. Um, <laughs> I think they threw that on the ground as well. But I never actually got it when it was ever. <laughs> I was skeptical, and that probably should have been my answer. <laughs> but I mean, he he had his opportunity, and. I will give him a little, I don't know, leeway just because you're sitting on a sideline. It's cold. You're sitting on the sideline for three and a half quarters, not necessarily being prepped to go in a game. And then Heinrich fumbles and they're like, well, you're up next. And he should be ready. I, I will not 
take any anything away from that. You should be ready to come in at a at a you know minutes notice because things happen in football, but um, the conditions are probably not necessarily in his favor. So I'll give him that. But um, yeah, the one time you get in, if you <laughs> if you get one shot, one opportunity, don't uh, don't be Jeff Sims, I guess. Um, be Eminem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's going to come together. I have faith in it. It's going to take some time, but it again, we're playing a lot of guys that weren't necessarily starters, so it's going to probably take even a little longer for everything to click into place. But just I don't know, clean it up. It's <laughs> it's the same recurring issues that we've seen all season, but. You know they're they're doing enough. They're still scoring, which is good. It's just it could be a much better product, and I, I think we all kind of know that and are hoping for that. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with the offense, where it's it's getting there. Um, yeah, I'll pass it on to you, Zach. Uh, if I had to pick a word to describe the offense, I like I like my word associations. So for me, if I had to pick one word, it's going to be um, oof. um just plain and simple uh yeah like you guys said jeff sims experience is the uh i think i think uh we've learned from that it's no bueno um and it's crazy because i know we were all talking as the game was going on and we even asked like this you know this is to defend andy a bit here i suppose we all even said it like we we were up, I think, 24 nothing, mm-hmm. And it was far enough in the game where it's like not not necessarily that we that we thought we had the game in the bag. But it's like if there was ever a time to try and bring Jeff Sims back into the fold for any reason, that felt like the time mm-hmm. because the offense Absolutely. was at least humming, I guess, if you will, to a point where, you know, a new quarterback wasn't necessarily going to completely well so we thought wasn't going to completely dictate how the game would you know go from the rest of that spot obviously you know knowing what we know now probably i mean granted again sims had to come in but even then it's it's like we even were all saying like this might be the perfect time to try him out if you're going to um obviously Mm -hmm. you know we're not on the sidelines we're not coaching so we we were essentially just throwing the idea into the ether but I guess it made its way through. And he heard um, us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And it was no bueno. So, yeah. Um, uh, you know, you guys have pretty much touched on everything from the game itself. Um, when you're looking at just who we're playing, um, not to put specific players down or anything, just these guys weren't necessarily, not everybody, but like some of these guys weren't starters. Most of these guys weren't starters at the beginning of the year. And there's good reason for that. Um, but they're now playing now they're starting. So, I mean, it's a whole new, it's a whole new thing to them. I don't want to say new, but it's a whole different thing for them too. They, you know, they're starting this. This is an offense that's still trying to come together to be as good as they can. And there's, there's road, there's bumps in the road. Like there's no other way to put it. Um, now bumps in the road and four fumbles, you know, you kind of hope that that's, you know, that's something that you have at the beginning of the year that you clean up. But again, with how much shifting we've had on offense, it's, I, I don't want to say expected because I know rule absolutely hates it, 
Uh, you can just tell every time it happens, it's just eating away at him because he's very much a fundamentals guy and very much a, a guy that's like, you know, take care of the ball. Um, especially when you look at the history of just this year, even when losing the ball was probably the reason that we lost our first game against Minnesota. I mean, mm -hmm. there's just some explainable things that he, you know, obviously he doesn't dwell on the past, but he still remembers these things. So I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like you said, Nate, you do see glimpses and points where it's starting to come together. It's just, it's crazy how so few plays in football can really dictate how one side of the ball looks. Um, and I mean, we're going to get to the, the side of the ball that balled out against the boy, uh, against the Boilermakers for Nebraska. But like, if you take away even just two of those fumbles, you probably take away at least, you know, if you take away the Jeff Sims fumble, you definitely probably take away at least that, that score. Um, at least in theory, I guess mm -hmm. I don't know that, you, you know, you can't say that for certain, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's tough to watch because you want the offense to do well, especially when our defense is playing as well as they are. You want mm -hmm. both sides of the ball or all three phases of the, you know, three phases of the team. You want them all to be, you know, firing off on that same caliber, but it, you know, we're just not there. Um, that said, I think as much as I like Harburg and I want him to continue being the quarterback, and I, I think he will be for the rest of the year, prefacing that, I do think one of the things that we need to do in this offseason is go out and get a quarterback, a transfer quarterback. Um, not saying that Harburg couldn't develop, but I think you know we need to get somebody. I don't know who. Obviously, I can't, I can't dictate who's going to be in that portal, but I do Bring think, you know, <laughs> I do think that um, uh, I, it's I'm not going to sit here and say that we're just a quarterback away from being contenders or anything. But with quarterback being the most important position on the on the team, at least in the offensive side, you can't we can't really afford to skimp. And unless Harburg takes a huge step in this offseason and he is the starter going forward, because I know. Uh, Daniel Kalen, is he coming in this next? Like, mm -hmm. will he be here this next year or is that two years? I believe so. Next I year. mean, I was going to say he's next year, but it's mm -hmm. likely unless we have zero quarterbacks that, you know, he's going to redshirt so he can get some, you know, he can get his, um, uh, get some experience without having to get too much game experience. But again, I mean, maybe that is what we need to like. Maybe it is, you know, we don't redshirt him and we just start him as a true freshman. I mean, it's kind of almost worked for us in the past, maybe under a head coach that actually takes his job serious. It work <laughs> out pretty well. I don't know. <laughs> you know, there, that's, that's a lot of what ifs and buts that's for down the road, but uh, I still am convinced that, you know, I like Harburg. I like his toughness. I like the whole team's toughness, especially in regards to the offense, especially with how ugly they've looked. They still continue to battle. You can't be upset about that mm -mm. or you can be, but you know, we have names for you at that point, but <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, you know, it's ugly. It's an ugly offense, um, but not the worst offense in the Big Ten West, at least. So I guess we got that going for us. Yeah, we didn't 
say that our offensive coordinator wasn't going to be back by the end of the season. Yep. So that <laughs> bad going for us. Well, and you know, even on that note too, like I think Satterfield for as much, especially me for as how hard I, that I feel I've been on him. I've seen him, you know, make that progression. And again, you know, when you're working with, you know, back of the cupboard players, and I mean, I mean, no offense when I say that to anybody, but like when you're working with players that are, that were not your number one choices at the start of the year, you sometimes just have to look at what you got and say, we made it work. And that's a hundred percent what we're doing. So I, I, you know, I think the whole team is definitely seeing growth, which is good. We're seeing, we're finally, I think, seeing that full on inc- incremental progress that we've wanted. Uh, I mean, granted the defense, when they said incremental progress, they decided to take it, the, you know, right away. They did it. They did it quick. The offense is slowly getting there. Um, and you know, yeah, four fumbles, you know, I'm going to keep harping on that. The four fumbles thing that sucks, but those are just dumb mistakes that can be corrected. And I think, I don't know. I think the worst, the, the best part and worst part I think is that we're actually going to finally see a competent offense come together when we play Iowa, which I'm fine <laughs> with, but it's also like, wow, we got it all the way to the end of the year. And now is when we, <laughs> now is when we successfully put together the game we wanted to see all year. But hopefully by that time we uh, are going bowling. So it's like, Hey, we know what to do now. Let's do that in our bowl game. You know, I think this whole year, the rest of this year is just going to be, I think we're going to be harping on the offense. And I think they're the ones that give us the most to talk about because if we transition to the other side of the ball, which I figure unless you guys got, got any last minute thoughts, I'm going to pass it to Andy to talk about to start us on defense. Yeah. Is probably going to be a much shorter conversation. <laughs> shorter conversation, some uh, mind-blowing stats that I think we have. Uh, we are have not seen it in quite some time here. Um, what I also forgot to mention at the top of the, the podcast was Nebraska's first three game winning streak since 2016. Yes. Um, Let's go huge, huge, you know, and I think I had also, uh, I saw that sad Saturday is that's the first time Nebraska has gone undefeated in the month of October since 2001. Mm-hmm. Which, the, con- the confidence that that's got to be building in the players. Yeah, and I think you can tell. Yep. It's I mean, so many firsts just happened on a win Saturday. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's it's amazing just to say, like, that's the first time they've won three games in what, seven years. I mean, that's it, it, it's still baffling to say that because it's like you watch all these other teams as like they win three games all the time. And Nebraska's always always has had so much trouble in the past recent years of winning three in a row. And to do it, not even with non-conference opponents, to do it against conference opponents that you have not beaten in so long, to do it against three conference opponents in a row, you know, again, say what you want about the Big Ten West being what it is this year and what it has been. I love it. I'm going to miss it still. But, you know, you you play who you play on the schedule, whether they're good or bad at that time. I mean, it's just what it is. And you go out there and you still play who you play to win the game. And the defense, I mean, has just been lights out. You know, like we had texted during the game, they probably listened to us because we said this is the game that Nebraska needs to finally start <laughs> making some turnovers, and then they do. <laughs> and they've you done know? it without having to steal signs. Correct. Well, sorry. I just, let me well, we don't know yet. That... Without having to have a probe into our team about stealing signs. We, we think Connor Stallions has not been too... 
a Nebraska game recently. Obviously, know. we know he went to five beforehand. <laughs> well, he likes to stand on sidelines too, apparently. Yes. So yep. I don't think he's so, been on any Nebraska sidelines. Or if he has, he's blended it well. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, Nebraska comes away with two two interceptions, one to kind of end the game. Uh still counts as a turnover, but that the first one that they had with Tommy Hill again. Don't know why Purdue was throwing into the wind in that first place down the field. You know, they, you know, these weren't like a, you know, a jump route that Tommy Hill jumps in front of. I mean, these were like 40 yard bombs that Purdue was throwing into the wind and sitting in South Stadium uh, directly where you can kind of see everything. I mean, that ball went up and you could just kind of see it like start to tail back in. I was like, Tommy, Tommy's got a read on this because he's already bolting back in the way the ball's going. Um, my also my other favorite part of that is he kind of ran like thirty yards total and only got six <laughs> from just the running backwards and then sideways and then forward again. That's you the only got offense yeah. in a nutshell, right? There. <laughs> you only kind of got I know like that out of six defense. yards on that, but um, that, that yeah. whole thing is a microcosm of the offense. If you ever needed a good analogy, that's it. Right I mean, there. and I know that was that was a defensive play, but you know, I mean. Purdue 0, 0 of 3 on fourth down, 5 of 16 on third downs. I mean, Nebraska made the stops when they did. And Purdue had a lot of third and two, third and ones. And Nebraska absolutely just stuffed them on all of those plays. You know, their open field tackling continues to be just phenomenal compared to what it has. Didn't have it. I think they only had a couple sacks, so obviously not the eight. And they didn't really have too many big pressure issues, you know, like we had talked about before, Hudson Carr was a better mobile quarterback, and he definitely had better pocket presence and mobility in the pocket, which kind of kept a lot of their drives um, and their pass plays alive. So that was just more of Nebraska faced the, probably a better mobile quarterback in the pocket than they did against Northwestern, um, which is why they didn't get too many sacks. But, you know, Nebraska, like you said, Zach, not much to talk about. They made the plays that they had to play uh, and needed to make, and – they stuffed Purdue, got them off the field, and just kind of limited their entire offense. I mean, you know, you hold a team to under 100 rushing yards and passing yards total. I mean, they had, what, 99 passing? Yeah, 99 passing yards, 96 rushing yards total. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time Nebraska has ever held a team to under 100 yards in both those categories on defense. I mean, that that is just what Tony White has been able to do to flip this defense and get these players to believe and do what they need to do is nothing short of amazing. And like we had talked about before, we were kind of skeptical of what the three, three, five defense was going to be, what the defensive line was going to be. And like you had said, Zach, like immediately the change from game one skyrocketed. I mean, this defense has just been, it, it's been what, Every, every everything more than what we were advertised at the beginning of the season. And I know Max Olson had written an article for the athletic earlier, and I just kind of want to read a little snippet of what Nebraska has been able to do kind of over the past month here. Um, so it's kind of like a paragraph here of quote, Nebraska's stop rate during its current three game win streak is 87.2%. That's good for fourth best in the FBS and second among all power five defenses behind Michigan in the month of October. Over the past month, this defense has surrendered a total of 22 points over 39 drives and ranked among the top 10 nationally in yards per play, giving up about four yards per play. 
Their rush defense is giving up about 66 yards per play. First downs allowed, which is about 12 per game. And uh, their three and out rate is 46%. During this three-game win streak, the Huskers haven't allowed a touchdown on six trips into the red zone. Like So, summed up, <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, you're you're comparing Nebraska's defense to the number two, number three team in the nation right now in Michigan. I mean, when you're being compared to that and you're a five and three program right now, I mean, Nebraska's defense has just balled out the entire month of October of what they have played. I mean, just a lot of those, a lot of those numbers are just phenomenal. I mean, twenty two total points the entire month of October they have given up. That I mean, that's just that's a mind blowing stat considering Nebraska just put 31 up in a game. Um, you know, created one of those as a special teams touchdown, but either way, they still put up 31 points last uh against Purdue and they are allowing 22 points total over the entire month of October. So, just what Tony White has been able to do with this defense going forward, like I said, I hope they give him a, a five million dollar raise <laughs> in the offseason. Because uh, he deserves it right now and everything that he's done. But outside of that, not much more to talk about the defense other that, you know, the black shirts are back. I firmly believe that we can say that confidently now and not kind of like a, as a joking, like, oh, are they going to get them taken away this week? Like, I I don't think they're getting taken away the rest of the year. But yeah, Nate, your thoughts there. Gosh, I, I don't know if I can follow that up. I mean... <laughs> Uh, top two in the nation defense uh, for the month of October. Like that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you said, we held them on a hundred yards passing under a hundred yards rushing. Shout out to my boy, Bennett Meredith for his one completion for negative one yard to bring them down to 99 <laughs> yards passing. So appreciate uh, your contributions there, uh, buddy. We really thank you. But uh, I mean, yeah, the defense did what we were hoping the defense was going to do. They kept us in the game. They, you know, gang tackled like we've seen them do so often. And bonus, they started forcing turnovers. So it's, I mean, <laughs> I don't have that much to say. I know my big thing was to see turnovers. I wanted, I mean, that we got it. Tommy Hill snagged a couple, didn't, didn't let him go through his hands. He's getting i mean the defense just has that confidence that's why you're about them right now and they feel like they can go toe-to-toe with most offenses that they're gonna face and i don't know it's it's great to see i think this defense has a lot of momentum on their side everyone's really coming together um i'd like to see the pressure rate go up a little more just maybe generate some more sacks but that'd be about my only critique we still got the one big max sack, which I mean, if we're going to be honest, is really one that matters. So uh, that's about all I got on the defense. I mean, they they gave up one touchdown against Purdue, which I mean, they we fumbled the ball, you know, on our own side of the field. I mean, they they did their best, but I mean, one touchdown against an overall, you know, pretty good performance from the defense. I'm not going to count that too much against them. So, yeah. And just reading the last sentence of that paragraph, I mean, three games they have played this month in October. And the six trips that Nebraska defense has been inside the red zone to not allow a touchdown 
So either a turnover of sorts or letting the opponent kick a field goal. I mean, that is, I mean, huge. As you don't give up six points, I at most you give up three or none at all. And the fact that they've only been they've only been in the red zone six times in three games in the entire month of October just tells you that like they are not even letting teams near the red zone. Mm-hmm. And if they are, it's probably because Nebraska fumbled the ball and gave them at <laughs> gave them the ball at the twenty yard line or something like that. <laughs> Strange how that seems to be a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think you mentioned it, Andy. They, I think it was the right after the kickoff where we fumbled. Like our defense just didn't. But Purdue had up. the ball like the twenty <laughs> yard line already. Yeah, that, right. And we, and then, we pushed them back out of field goal range, and they, yeah, and they went for it on fourth down and yeah. missed. Yep. So they're, I, I don't know. They're holding up their end of the bargain. They're, they're keeping us in games. And they're arguably, you know, winning us games here. So that's that's about all I got on the defense. Keep it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take it from there then, uh, and add not much more. Although I think to echo Andy's point, uh, yeah, this year, this year we can confidently say that everybody that's earned a black shirt. Or even just the name of black shirts, they that he they have been earned. Like there's nobody that exactly there's nobody <laughs> that hasn't gotten a black shirt that I, I like everybody that's like, oh, they announced they got a black shirt this week or whatever. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like they deserve mm-hmm. it. Or, you know, like the the name of the black shirts I think means something again this year. And I think we were talking about it uh Saturday after the game, um, how <laughs> like you guys have both said already to or you know recording this is that Tony White definitely needs uh, a raise uh i think it was reported after all of our um after all of the coaches were hired that rule did not use the entire pool of money i i swore i read this i could be wrong um but i don't you know if, however much he was given he didn't use the whole thing i think he now has use for that entire rest of that money and to me i'm like no you need i don't even know how much it is it probably needs to be more because uh i think tony white definitely needs to stick around at least for another year because what like you guys have said what he's done with the defense has been nothing short of incredible um yeah it's certainly made for some frustrating games in the sense of you really wish you could see the offense make those types of steps but you know we'll take what we can get and what we've got is one of the best defenses in the nation. And yeah, I mean, a lot of this, I think you, you touched on Andy is it comes down to, you know, look at who we've played, but just last year we were talking about how this schedule looks a lot harder because teams were, you know, supposed to be a lot better. And I think, you know, I think we were saying last year was supposed to be the year that, you know, we were given frost that final chance to make the bowl game. And that was supposed to be the year. And, you know, this year maybe is the same thing as what that was supposed to be looking at it now, but it wasn't going to be that way. We were like, a lot of people were like, oh, this year's going to be tough compared to last year. Obviously, you know, we're here now. It's not quite the same, but, you know, you still got to show up and play the games. And the defense has 100% done that. There hasn't been any question about that, again, except for maybe the Michigan game. But I don't think anybody's holding the Michigan, well, I guess maybe the Colorado game, but by the time that that one happened, it 
it there was, is an asterisk on that game. Now that we know <laughs> what has happened with Connor Stallions, really, <laughs> Nebraska is like six and two right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So the only one, the only other one that we could even question maybe is Colorado. But you know, when when it got to that point in the game, it was like, well, they could keep playing. But yeah, it the whole team. Stallions could have been at that game too. <laughs> he could have been everywhere. He's a PJ Fleck insider too. We should be undefeated, actually. <laughs> that dude's that dude's got he, he's he's been busy. He's a busy guy. Um but yeah, I I think um you know I don't want to drink too much rule aid or anything, but uh, I think it's clear we need to build the Tony White statue now. <laughs> um I think he you know, I mean, that's that's hyperbolic, but I think he deserves it with what because I, I remember when we were first talking about the preseason, like we thought our defense would be decent. We didn't expect this. And I'm I'm not saying that to be like, oh, Debbie Downer, like we didn't expect nearly the step forward that we took. Yeah, Turns I think out, we, I think tackling helps. Yeah. And I was I'm still <laughs> impressed to this day by how our defense continues to swarm the ball and how open field tackling, which is for the last what feels like five, six, maybe 10 years has just been something that like we get them in, in the open field. And it's like, well, it's either going to be a tackle or they're going to get the touchdown. And like, there was never a middle ground. And now it's like, when you see an open field tackle that needs to be made, it's 98% of the time going to happen with that 2% being, ah, oh, maybe one gets missed, but people are swarming the ball. So, you know, they're allowed to, they're allowed to go for maybe that kill shot type of tackle to get the loss because they have other people coming to support them. So yeah, I really have no complaints or anything about the defense because, uh, you know, outside of what we said last week where it would be nice if they get some turnovers <laughs> now they've done it. So I guess now they just need to keep doing that. And, uh, I guess like you said, Nate, get some pressure, but, uh, Yeah. I mean, the defense just keeps doing their defensive things and they're doing well. I'm not, I certainly won't complain. Um, but now we get to talk about one of the most fun plays <laughs> of of the uh, the game. With I'll, teams. I'll pass to Andy. Let's I'll start go. with the, the super quick point to get out of the way first is I think uh, we have now solidified that Alvano has figured it out and he drilled the 55 yarder, which I believe is the second longest in school history behind Alex Henry's kick, which I think was only 57. So, you know, Alvano, I mean, dead accurate. I mean, that was dead in the middle of the field goal. You know, the wind probably did help a little bit, but obviously enough boot on that kick to drill it. You know, he's, probably going to need to help us win a few of these games down the stretch um, if the offense is going to be spit and sputtering. But it's nice to see that he has the confidence now to make those kicks and get those uh, kicks in the way. And hopefully he'll stay all four years and he just keeps improving every year to where we get back to that point where we don't have to worry about a kicker trotting out there. Like, is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? Like we can get up and, go to the bathroom during a field goal because we know it's going to be automatic and he can kick, uh, make those. So nice Don't to see do that. Though. Support your kicker. <laughs> Kickers <laughs> are people too. <laughs> hey, uh, when they can make, when they can make field goals over like 
30 yards, which we have not had the luxury <laughs> of having in the past five, six years, they definitely get to be people now. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Kickers laughs> <are> people too. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we dive into what special teams needs to fix, which is a lot, um, we'll focus on the fun part of that game, which was now I know why Purdue doesn't kick field goals um, and why they kind of strayed away from that. Um, if if that if that play didn't tell you that they are not good at it, then I don't know what else confirmed it. But uh, Nebraska, you know, just kind of changed the whole momentum of that game right after that block field goal. I mean, it was everything you could have wanted. You got the block, you got the ball tipped in the air right into the hands of Quentin Newsom with nobody around him, open field, touchdown. And the best part of obviously not getting the unsportsmanlike flag was him and Tommy Hill kind of high-fiving each other, you know, just as like two giddy kids walking down, to, you know, to a candy store or something like that. As they're trying to high-five each other while trying to score a touchdown and not fall over as they race into the end zone. I mean, it was the entire stadium was – just about as loud as I've heard it in a while. I mean, everything about that about that play was just what you could have wanted out of a special teams play of what Nebraska needs to see kind of going forward is just that. And, you know, you guys, if you want to talk about that play real quick before we start focusing on the bad stuff with special teams, I'll let you chime in. <laughs> it was just exciting to see that they were high-fiving. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty neat. I, I heard uh, or saw a tweet that said, I think Matt Rule's mad at them for high fiving and yelled at them on the sideline. Then after the game, Matt Rule's wife yelled at him for yelling at them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was Rule because someone asked him about it in the press conference and he looked at the reporter and you could just tell he was like, they did what? <laughs> he was just not happy about it. But it's like, it's just it's so funny to me because then I think because uh, Newsom is one that scored that right. Yes, I think he was asked in it was either after the game or you know sometime this week he was asked like you know what that feel like and he just straight up said man we've been wanting something like that for the last like however many years and it just <laughs> it finally came true and it's just like you know I I get it. You know, it, it's I'm glad we didn't get the flag on it, obviously, because that's such a great moment. But like, had we gotten the flag, it would have been like, oh, man, that sucks. Just but you love, it. It. you love to see it. You love to see it. But going to what special teams needs to fix and what I think Nebraska needs to focus on in the offseason is trying to nap a special teams returner from the transfer portal in some capacity. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think, uh, you know, your linebacker should be trying to run back a kickoff um, in that situation. You know, albeit, you know, Purdue probably did that on purpose is, you know, we know they don't have a returner, but we're not going to kick it to their speed threat. And that's back, which I think was fleeks on the very opening kickoff is we'll kick it short. You know, even though they were kicking with the wind, you know, I think that was probably Purdue's plan was we'll try to make one of their frontline guys return the ball and see what can happen. And obviously it worked out in their favor. So I don't think uh, Garrett Sondergrass should be kind of returning kicks anymore. Hopefully if that happens again, he just fair catches it. But then you get to play later in the game on the punt return where, you know, Alex Bullock, who you think is your trusty wide receiver, your hands guy to make a 
punt catch fumbles and buffs the punt. So um, I think it is, I don't know at this point who you could put back anymore. Cause that was also my other thought is like, yeah, you put your, the best guy on wide receivers who's got the best hands right now to pack their, like to catch a kick or a punt. And he even fumbled that. So I really don't know what Ed Foley's going to do anymore of terms of who you're going to put back there. You know, I think Alex, you know, fielded another punt in the entire stadium, like started cheering because like, Hey, he caught it. He didn't fumble it this time. But I think that is something that Nebraska needs to kind of look forward in the off season is you got to get, you have to go into the transfer portal of some capacity and try to get a just return specialist, someone that is either get a, try to return kicks or at least someone that you can trust to, you know, make the catch and do something with the ball. Cause I think obviously that is what Nebraska is lacking right now. And with Billy Kemp being hurt, you know, that plays a fart and uh, a factor into it. And, you know, the other countless receiver injuries that we have all played into that too. But I think that is now going to be an emphasis for rule to focus on is you need to get somebody back there. That is, you can trust to put back there to make a catch or hopefully return a punt or kick off and not fumble the ball anymore. But, you know, and then I guess there wasn't really anything punting wise, you know, Bashini just had another Bashini game, had some good punts, had some okay punts, but nothing glaringly bad that I saw from him either. So I know your guys' thoughts, uh, obviously, you know, those fumbles play into Nebraska just needing to be better and take care of the ball as well. Uh, but yeah, that's about all I have for that is just take care of the ball. And then hopefully we find somebody that's, even if we don't return another kick the rest of the year, if we don't fumble <laughs> the ball on a kickoff or punt, I'll be okay with that. Yeah. it's about where I'm at. Uh, take care of the ball. Um, I mean, it's tough with the, like you said, it's tough with Billy Kemp being injured, Marcus Washington getting injured, like we're on our third, fourth string <laughs> uh, <clears throat> kick return specialist. So I mean, <laughs> just kind of got to do what you got to do. But again, if you're in that situation, you got to gotta take care of the ball. So little things there. Um, yeah, otherwise, just I don't know, I'd like to see a little more consistency at Abushini, but again, he didn't do anything glaringly bad, so I'm not going to harp too much there. But uh, yeah, otherwise... Next, uh, Adam Vinatieri named Tristan Alano. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Fine. I'll be the guy that'll say it then. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say I, I think it was weather that affected it. I mean, granted, you have to play through it, especially as we get into November. But, you know, it was the first real cold game of the year. I think there was a lot of that. And that kind of goes with the fumbles, too. Like, as they practice and as they get used to it, hopefully it, you know, hardens them a bit and they're able to, they're able to, kind of get through those speed bumps again, but you know, special teams is special teams. It's, this is probably going to be the longest. I hate to be this guy, but I mean, this is probably gonna be the longest we get to talk about them because <laughs> special teams plays just really don't happen when they do. They're very exciting, obviously as referenced by the, uh, the high five, but yep. um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't foresee us getting. Granted, if we get a blocked kick every game now because I said that, you know, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. But um, I don't foresee that happening too much, just because special teams plays are very, very rare to see stuff like that happen. But no, I don't have anything else to add. So I figure we can move on to this week's opponent. Sparty of Michigan State. So this Saturday, eleven a.m. 
kickoff. Uh, I think I think this is Michigan's technically their senior night because I think their next home game is that neutral field against Penn State um, at four field. So I think this is their last home game at home, even though I think the Penn State game is a home game for them too, but it's a neutral site. Regardless, you know, as we, we knew, Michigan State obviously has had a lot of turmoil uh, with Mel Tucker and everything going on. And, you know, they've lost, I think, the past five games. Um, you know, they're three out of those five games. They've given up over 100 yards to one running back or, you know, one rusher at least. So I think that bodes well for Nebraska going uh, into this game is, you know, they're not a great rushing defense or or definition of trap game. This could be yeah, <laughs> this very well could be a trap game. Um, and I think, you know, that rule has said that uh, in his press conference this week, too, is you don't want to overlook this game. Um, I mean, you can't overlook any game. You know, his motto has always been, you know, we're zero zero this week. You know, we're not five and three playing for a bowl game is you got to look at this is the playing field is even and. You just got to go in and you got to do what Nebraska's got to do is you got to run the ball. And I think if that is the case, I mean, Minnesota just ran for 200 yards plus against Michigan State last week. You know, that game was kind of close, but, you know, fourth quarter happened in Michigan or Minnesota just kind of pulled it away. So I think if Nebraska is just able to control the line of scrimmage, um, just like, you know, even if it's not as dominant as rushing for over 200 plus. Um, I think if you're able just to control the line of scrimmage against Michigan State, I think you're just going to wear them down and eventually just kind of take control of this game. And now I think Nebraska has to do what they did against kind of Purdue is, you know, even if you don't come out hot early, I think you have to get some sort of early momentum and just don't let Michigan State get any sort of momentum at home. Um, you know, outside of that, I don't. I haven't, again, really focused too much on Michigan State this year just because a lot of their – issues this season it's just been with mel tucker and they're all the off field stuff and their coaches and everything so they're not a good football team um again nebraska is only a three-point favorite um over unders now 34 and a half as of right now um we all thought the the under was gonna hit last week and the over hit <laughs> right get the under was gonna hit last week and the over hit Nebraska clearly covered the one and a half, two and a half spread, whichever you looked at it. So, this is um, why I don't bet. By yeah. the way, that's one hundred percent why I don't bet. <laughs> we all thought the Big Ten West was going to hit the under every game, and last we were week all over, convinced so. that that was, it was like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a seven and five type game, like not even close. <laughs> and then Nebraska almost itself hit the over. Uh, yep. that, the over that game was thirty nine. <laughs> you know, they were only a touchdown and an extra point away or two-point conversion away from hitting the over themselves. So it's that elite offense. <clears throat> yep, that's, that's what the kids are saying. That's, yeah. That's, those, are, those are words. I believe that's correct. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there's keys to the game. I think, obviously, if Nebraska just does what they do on defense. Um, if Nebraska, like we talked about, is just to take away two fumbles, obviously limit turnovers themselves, but, you know, if you have a fumble or two a game, I think your defense is competent enough to keep you in the games to where those mistakes are obviously not come back to haunt us too much yet. But, 
you know, we can't keep going out doing four fumbles a game and still expect to win these games and win despite losing the turnover battle every single game, it seems like. Um, but yeah, if Nebraska is able to keep Heinrich healthy, just run the ball, make Michigan State kind of stop you, which they haven't been able to do recently against teams. And I think Nebraska has a good chance to be bowling after this weekend. But pass it to you two before we get into our predictions for the game. Yeah, I would say um, overall, I think we are a more talented, I hesitantly say that, talented team than uh, Michigan State. I think uh, we have, I mean, just looking at it, their two wins are against Central Michigan and Richmond, so FCS team and MAC team. Um, Everywhere else has been a loss. They did play Washington in a not close game and Michigan in a not close game. Um, otherwise, Washington's kind of good. Yeah, yeah Michigan. Right, turns out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they their closest game was against Rutgers a couple weeks ago, 27-24. Um, but outside of their two wins, their quarterback has thrown for under 200 yards. Uh, I don't know. I I'm not overly impressed by Michigan State, and I hope to stay that way. Um, I think my keys to the game are probably going to be similar to yours, Andy, where if you have the football at the start of a play, I hope that you also have the football <laughs> at the end of the play, mm-hmm. especially if you're on offense. <laughs> so uh, that's, <laughs> that's going to be my, my uh, key to the game uh, to uh, winning that one. I think defense is going to have a good shot. I think uh, – Michigan State's offense has uh, struggled a bit this year, just kind of looking stats-wise. They've had a rough go of things. I think the defense, I've heard it's been a little, or at least their stronger suit. I don't think they're um, quite as robust. Well, builds well is they're averaging about 126 rushing yards light up a game, and they're giving up about 234 passing yards. Now, granted, we won't be passing the ball probably that much, but... Mm -hmm. Um, they don't have that good of a run defense compared to Nebraska, who's only giving up 79 yards rushing a game. So, um, yeah, if you're just able to run the ball, it's obviously shown the past couple of opponents they've played that they can't, if you can just consistently run it down their throat, that they're going to get worn down and eventually Nebraska's going to be able to pop open some of the, some of those big runs that we are hoping to see instead of just the big fullback belly play action plays, which still would love to see that if it keeps happening. Yeah, my only trepidations, I guess, are that it is on the road. Um, it's not mm-hmm. not a home game, so that's we're not going to have. Oh, uh, we'll see what the crowd actually ends up looking like there. Um, but it is not a home game, so we are we are traveling. That's it's going to look I mean, like a, a strike against us. <laughs> it's going to look nice and gray to me. Um, but it's going to oh. be another another chilly game. I think we're looking at highs in the forties there in uh, Lansing, and maybe a stray shower towards the end of it. So yeah, it's like 10 degrees warmer than last week. Yeah. It's like a heat wave. <laughs> Good. Meaning no more, no more odd fumbles because of weather. <laughs> I'll just say it. I'll just say it now. Will it into existence. But yeah, that's, that's right. Those are my <laughs> thoughts on the game. I, yeah. I, I think everything, everything's lining up to be in our favor. We just got to take one game at a time and show out. I'm going to agree. I don't have much else. Uh, I'm going to say lean on the defense. I think the defense is going to have another good day. Um, I think the offense, 
I don't know. I think they'll have a bounce back type game. Now, I am curious because the pattern so far has been the first offensive drive uh, against Northwestern. We got a fumble and then it went back and it was the kickoff. So are they going to go out to do the coin toss and then be like, <laughs> Nebraska fumble. wins the coin toss and they fumbled it. So it starts with North, or so it starts with Michigan State. Is that a thing? I'm sure Nebraska won the coin toss it. and elected to kick it. <laughs> Nebraska won the coin toss and elected to, you to can't receive possibly it lose and just the fumble on a kickoff, right? <laughs> and then just and then right? they call they called it that it was a fumble there. So I, you know, uh, you know, you look for patterns in football, and that that to me is the big pattern that's sticking out. Somehow we're gonna find a, a pregame fumble, and then that's that's where it's gonna start. But no, for real, um, I say you know lean on the defense. They had a stellar game against uh, Purdue. Yeah, keep that momentum going and let your defense, uh, maybe not let them, you know, do the work, but, you know, you know, lean on the defense and let them, you know, wear down their offense. And then uh, for the offensive side of the ball, take care of the ball, obviously. And don't try to play too smart, I guess. Um, The thing is, is like, I think even when Mel Tucker at the beginning of the year was still the coach, uh, you know, they're, as they were going into the year, I, I think a lot of people were saying Michigan state was still kind of in a rebuilding year. So, mm-hmm. but Mel Tucker was always able to get his teams to play really well. Um, now granted with everything else that's happened and the fact that he's no longer coaching, I think you're seeing the, I think you're seeing the fallout of that now where I think Michigan state is not that the, not that they're not trying. It's just <laughs> the guy that was leading them throughout the summer is gone. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's it's a lot of change and it's a lot. And uh, yeah, I guess to your point, Nate, I haven't been overly impressed with them, but it's been a tough year for them. So this is a game on paper that Nebraska, I think, should be able to pull out the win. Um, but, you know, that's why we play the games. They need to go and play it. Um, and like I, I, I continue to say it, uh, you know, one play at a time. Don't don't overthink things. Uh, keys to, you know, my key. So yeah, lean on defense, take care of the ball and just play the game. Um, you know, I, I think we're finally getting to a point where we're seeing the team just play the game, maybe a little loose with the ball on the ground a bunch, but <laughs> I suppose, you know, if it's working for them, I'm not going to question it, but it is a little, uh, nerve wracking every time you see the ball weeble out of their hands. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a game that Nebraska, Certainly won't overlook, but I, I think this is one that if they play the game that they've been able to play the last three weeks, I think they'll be fine as long as they don't do, you know, as long as they don't trap game themselves, I guess. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes the college football gods don't choose that or they don't let us choose that. So let's move on into our predictions. And if you guys are ready, you can go. Otherwise, I've got mine locked and loaded. So You can go first then. All right. I like falling on the sword, apparently. <laughs> um, even though our offense scored, well, sorry, they didn't alone score, but even though our team scored 31 points, I'm not convinced that our offense is going to be totally there, but I do think we're going to have at least a couple good scores, um, that get us up there. Um, and I do think Michigan state's going to maybe get like a touchdown, maybe in garbage time or something, which is why this score is a little, Closer than I like. I think it's one of those that's like, oh, like the score is only closer because it's only closer because of, you know, last minute stuff. Them just trying to come back 
um, even though the game might have been out of reach. I'm going to say 24-14, Nebraska. Yeah, Nate, you got yours? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, over-under of 34.5 is quite interesting. <laughs> 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 Line of us by three. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm going to smash the over there. And I'm going Nebraska 28, Michigan State 10. I think we're going to score some touchdowns and probably fumble the ball once to give them at least one <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I think we're all going to be kind of in the similar range, but uh, I'll go, I'll go 27, 13. I think, uh, yeah, we score a couple. I think Obano has a couple more chances to, to get us a, couple more confidence kicks and get some of those field goals to go through. But yeah, I think offense puts up a couple and I think the rest is uh, on Alfano. So I think with that, Zach, we don't want to want to do an award here. Of yeah. course. Of course we want to do an award, <laughs> but unfortunately I think this one's going to be an easy one. Uh, is it I fourth believe... quarter coaching because that's what I'm going with. Oh, okay. Well, no, <laughs> mine was mine was gonna be mine Jeff, gonna Sims. Be Jeff Sims. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it'll be Jeff Sims. I think. Sorry, Mister. All... Sorry, Mister Sims. I believe you're getting fired into this stuff this week. I think. Yeah, I think that's a very consensus award. Is yeah. uh, he's got a permanent place on the sun. I don't leave, think. Please leave your amigos in uh, Lincoln, though. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> take the amigos, but uh, you you are not allowed to take it on the ship with you. Transfer portal. <laughs> Jeff Sims enters the transfer portal and lands lands on the sun. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, is anybody going? Is anybody wanting to disagree with that? I don't dislike the fourth quarter coaching, but no, it's, you know, okay. Uh, part of that is Jeff Sims. <laughs> so, okay. Well, then there we go. All right. Well, then of course, then we've got our other favorite thing now, which is the trivia. Uh, so last week's trivia question, uh, going into the Purdue week was current win loss record. This is key here between Purdue and Nebraska. Now, uh, the bonus with that was also who's winning that series. Now I'm going to go backwards here and say the bonus is Purdue. Well, technically now it's tied, but at the time of recording, it was Purdue was winning that series. Um, now, the the main question uh we once again had two people submit answers so <laughs> we're we're forever i feel like going up uh numbers are going up i love it <laughs> trivia is great yeah. uh this week it was between chris our our uh, consistent answer person and then joel joel so um this is where it gets a little funny because <laughs> as the question is typed, it says the current win loss record between Purdue and Nebraska. So meaning what is Purdue's record? And then what is Nebraska's record? Um, the, the answer that Chris put was five and six. And the answer that Joel put was six and five. Technically speaking, Joel wins that. <laughs> Chris's so, answer is not wrong. Chris's answer look at is it from not the Nebraska correct. However, to break a tie here, we have to look at it how the question is written. Um, which I honestly, as I'm thinking about this, when we started doing trivia, I never thought we'd get something that razor thin <laughs> to be the, the reason. So, Chris, uh, I'm just going to apologize up front now. 
but Joel won this week. But uh, Chris can still rest easy because knowing that he's still ahead by his lead is safe. So yeah, I, I think at this point there's no there's no dethroning him. But so congratulations to Joel this week. Um, and Chris, uh, the three of us definitely await your text message to um, discuss this further. So um, I think I can think of about three different responses that he'll do and i don't know (laughs) it's gonna be like a live reaction as as he listened to it too (laughs) yep it's gonna be just ironic when he gets to this point be like oh it's weird um all right so then congrats to joel one more time and we're gonna move on to whoops this week which is uh a, a michigan state and nebraska related question obviously the first question or the main trivia question who caught the game-winning touchdown pass in the 2012 game against Michigan State? Not the game that you're thinking of. <laughs> I'm just going to warn go, everybody go that wants to trivia. That. Not the game you're thinking of. Um, however, was game you, too. it was a pretty good game. And I guess if you want to throw that answer in there too, maybe we'll, maybe we'll give you a point or something. Um, and then the bonus question with that is who threw the pass for that touchdown? So... One more time. Uh, who threw the game-winning touchdown pass in the 2012 game against Michigan State, and uh, who threw that pass? Sorry, who caught? Who caught it? Who threw it? Those are your mm-hmm. questions. So, um, and as always, um, we'll have everything in our um, descriptions that you find, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, or Apple Podcasts. I guess it's not Apple Music. Um, everywhere that you see the. Everywhere you see the descriptions has the link for this, the form or our link tree also has the submit uh, submit trivia answers button. Um, or if you're old school and want to send us an email, um, I have the email linked below, which is nebraskabillies at gmail.com. Or as I've said in the past, you know, we do accept uh, Pony Express, smoke signals, all the above. You're just really going to have to warn us. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, carrier pigeon, all the above. Um, we welcome the trivia answers. I love that we've gotten two answers twice in a week now. Only up from here, baby. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, any last? I I'm all done. I don't have any last minute thoughts yeah. other than uh, go big red. How about you, yeah. Nate? Uh, I think I will just say um, if we win this game, we're going bowling, boys, and somebody's getting the key to run. So. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, his name is Matt Rule. Or <laughs> Tony White. Eh, it'll be both. It'll be both. It'll be both. <laughs> well, yeah, with that, uh, as always, scourged by 90. And yeah, like we said, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday on FS1 against the uh, Sparties of Michigan State. Uh, yeah, just. Nebraska has a chance to do something that hasn't done since 2016 this weekend. Um, you know, like we had talked about, I don't know how much Nebraska wants to win the West, but again, what you have to do right now is go out, win the game, go bowling. We'll worry about the rest later. So with that, as always, boys and everybody else listening, if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability.